Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan. Drives back out to Royce. Royce ball fakes. Kicks to Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich shovels to Conley. Dispatches to Donovan. Catch and shoot three. Pow! Left side, Joe. Catch and shoot three. Bang! Joe Ingles. Jazz back up by 10. That's their 10th three of the night. High pick and roll. Donovan at the left elbow. Pulls. Hits. Donovan Mitchell back-to-back buckets here in the fourth. Has that look in his eye. There's some highlights from the Knicks game. The Jazz, of course, lost that. They lost back-to-back games in New York. Now they're off to Milwaukee trying to avoid the three-game losing streak. The Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who have a three-game win streak. And PK, no Sam Merrill. Aggie fans are going to be disappointed with his left ankle injury, depriving them seeing the former Aggie. I guess so, yeah, if that's what uh, they were looking for. Uh, I'm not really concerned about that. I'm concerned about the Jazz playing well and getting back on the winning track. I thought you were going to say the ball club. The ball club is 4-4 four and four now. I don't have a losing record. Joe Ingles questionable. Uh, he's got a nice Ironman streak going, but he's got a uh, sore Achilles, and you start hearing that. The guy's over 30, and you start to get worried, so hopefully he'll uh, take care of that. Jazz, the pre- Jazz game night. The pregame show starts at 5 o'clock. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, and then David Locke at 6. And we will talk to David Locke at 9 o'clock this morning. Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. That's coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Dodgers with the rebound left to right on the dribble. Harris on his hip. And now to the dotted line and scores in the lane. 34 for Dodgers. The Mavericks go in front. 10 seconds to shoot. Hands it to Dame. Dame takes a deep three. Again. Dame from way downtown. 39 for Lillard. Walker's going to drive on Kuzma. Off to the right corner. Aldridge. Aldridge leans it against Gasol. Draws the foul. Banks it in. And the basket will count. The foul's on Marc Gasol. Well, Marcus Aldridge having quite a night. Is there any more light you can shed on Kyra's situation and whether or not this may be uh, an extended uh, absence? I don't know. I've sent him a message. Just I just found out. <clears throat> so I just sent him a message in the last half hour. And I uh, haven't heard back yet. But um, obviously thinking about him and hope uh, all is well. And, and it's yeah, it's a private matter. There's highlights from around the league, and then Steve Kerr, the Nets coach, Kyrie Irving, some type of personal situation. Steve Nash. Excuse me, Steve Nash. And uh, Kyrie Irving, some kind of personal situation, so he didn't play, and without him and without Kevin Durant, the Nets give the 76ers their second loss of the year. They beat the best team in the NBA, 122-109. to More shots for the other guys, PK, and the other guys got all sorts of fired up. Joe Harris went for 28 points, and they beat the Sixers. Yeah, I don't know they're the best team in the NBA, but I understand their record and equal the best team in the NBA in my mind. But, uh, yeah, Joe Harris is an interesting story. I mean, he came out of Virginia, I think, five years ago. And little by little, he's gotten better. And last year was just sort of what I would describe as a breakout season. And then you look what he did against the Sixers, and it was gigantic. 28 points. He was 6 of 9 from 3. He was 11 of 19 from the free throw line. Oddly, he missed his only two free throws. Go figure. 
He had six rebounds. He had four assists. He did a little bit of everything. And Karis LeVert had a huge game. Got to be a volume shooter. 22 points on 25 shots. We can all assume he wouldn't have taken 25 shots if Durant and Irving were playing. Nope. Lakers. They got beat by the Spurs, who came out and hit a bunch of threes. Cooled off a little bit, but still finished shooting the three very well. And the Spurs beat the Lakers 118-109. Uh, most of the role players played really poorly. The Stars had the kind of stat lines you'd expect, but uh, a lot of the role players didn't do much, PK. Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, Kuzma was pretty much the only one. Harold, you know, he's going to give you some hustle off the bench if he can continue to do that. But the Spurs had Aldridge. You know, they didn't have him when he played, when the Jazz played them, yep. uh, what was it, on Sunday. And so he had a huge game. He's a very good player. 28 points for him, and the Spurs give the Lakers their third loss of the year. They dropped to 6-3. and three. Uh, You want drama? Overtime. Dallas and Denver. The Joker with a clutch shot to get it to OT, but then the Mavericks win it in OT. They beat the Nuggets 124-17. Doncic and Jokic both finishing with 38 points, having huge games just going at each other, going back and forth there. True. Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin has spoken with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and is pretty optimistic the city is moving towards landing an expansion franchise to replace the Supersonics. Uh, Of course, what the timeline is for expansion isn't clear. Expansion fees for a new franchise would be in the $2.5 billion range. Yeah, I mean, that's just huge on the amount of money that they can get there. I saw that uh, in Vegas, possibly, and certainly Seattle deserves one. It's going to be a while, but when you're rolling in $5 billion, why wouldn't you? They would expand 10 teams. (laughs) (laughs) Seattle seems like they've just got to have it. Vegas seems to be the name that's mentioned the most, but we'll see if some gazillionaire pops up with another city. Vancouver. Vancouver, Kansas City, St. Louis. You can run down a list of cities that might be interested, but it all comes down to whether there's some... Somebody with just tons and tons of money wants to write a check. But if an expansion team is going to cost $2.5 billion, then buying the 80% of the Jazz for $1.66 billion, well, guess that makes sense. guess that falls in the line there. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Gives to Timmy now for Kispert. Corey dribbling on the right wing. Into the paint, little fadeaway over Harms, good. 23 points for Corey Kispert. Here's Suggs, little hesitation, gets under the basket. He was here, here's a pass down low for Timmy. Timmy back to Suggs. Suggs, two-handed dunk as the shot clock expires. And Loner will just dribble down the clock. 86-69, the final score. Gonzaga wins its second consecutive West Coast Conference game. The Bulldogs remain undefeated at 11-0 on the season. Gonzaga jumping out to a 30-10 lead. BYU rallied, so they were only getting doubled up instead of getting tripled up. But Gonzaga, 52-29 at the half. They were in control the whole way. They win 86-69. And PK watching that, wouldn't it just feel like watching them beat some of those ranked teams? They just they do what they want, they get in control, and then they pull away a little more. Yeah, they're a real fun team to watch. I mean, they've got five parts all working together. They've got outstanding shooters they got some height that they need. They can pass the ball. they got some long athletic defenders. Uh, Mark Few has just built himself an incredible program there. You have to acknowledge it for being incredible. 
the consistency is as good as anything in basketball at any level. It really is amazing, and they put on a clinic. I've seen them play multiple times this year. They're fun to watch, and they're dominant. I think at this point, you know, you never know on a single-game basis if you had three or four guys get really, really cold. That could happen when they get to the tournament or injuries. Other than that, man, I'm not sure I see anybody derailing them. They were talking about that during the game. They were clearly prepared for a blowout on the broadcast. They had all kinds of graphics built. When you're comparing Gonzaga and Alabama football's offensive stats, it's like, yeah, you're prepared for a blowout. You've been thinking, how many different elements do we have here? How many different stories can we tell? Yeah, right from the start. Yep. Southern Utah has got an eight-game winning streak. They beat Idaho 85-80 in Cedar City. The Thunderbirds are 8-1. and one. Utah State has got a uh, seven-game win streak going, five straight in conference, and they'll try to win again tonight. They're playing New Mexico in Lubbock at 7 o'clock. Scotty G will have the call with the pregame show at 6.30. Uh, UVU's playing Cal Baptist in the WAC opener at 6, and then there is uh, more basketball over the weekend, including Utah taking on 17th-ranked Oregon at the Huntsman Center. It's on the Pac-12 Networks at 7.30. Oregon's coming off a loss to Colorado where they always lose. Boulder is their kryptonite. Literally, they've never won there. Yep. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I definitely feel uh, as good as I felt uh, after a season and I can't even remember. That's a big positive, especially at 37. Um, a lot of that's due to the low number of sacks that we had. Obviously, I consider some of the things I've done uh, in the offseason in the weight room a big help as well. But it's been one of those years. Sometimes you can't avoid injuries. You know, just things can happen. Guys can fall on your legs or take a misstep. And, but this year, I've thankfully avoided those and, and I feel really good. That's Aaron Rodgers, Packer quarterback, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's not getting hit a lot, so he feels good. And he doesn't have to play this weekend, so maybe he'll feel even better in a week. They've got the bye in the NFC. we got triple headers in the playoffs Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there are lots of storylines here. You got a favorite one or two you want to share, PK? We're going we're gonna to talk playoffs here with Cindy Bourne from the Washington Post, uh, who covers uh, the NFL, and obviously Washington is playing Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, you got a favorite matchup? Oh, yeah. Colts-Bills right off the bat. First game. Like it. Both double-digit win teams. Yeah. The Bills uh, seem like a young team on the rise, a team where, you know, it's easy to compare the stats for this team or that team over the course of the season. But if you look closer, the Bills have been getting more productive, especially offensively in the second half of the season. So if you look at their season-long numbers, it could be a little misleading. The Bills might be a little better than that. The old gunslinger versus the young gunslinger. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Josh Allen, in a different type of player, but he reminds me of the situation and the story of uh, Lamar Jackson of Baltimore. And he's sort of on the come a little bit here, getting better and better. Now what do you do in the postseason? That's what we had with Lamar Jackson. He still hasn't had a win yet. Yep. If you assign a victory to a quarterback in the way you would do pitching in baseball. So definitely different players. But now it's the postseason. We both we, we all agree that you're both of these guys were really good in the regular season and have been, going back to using the Jackson example last year. So what are you going to do in the postseason? Didn't work out for those guys last year in the postseason. Same situation with Josh Allen and the Bills. Great regular season, young guy, first-round pick. He was a higher pick, certainly. 
What are you going to do now in time where everything is really, really magnified? And I, I'm, I'm picking the Bills, but I don't know. So I see similar situations there. And, you know, if they don't win, it's not the end of the world for Buffalo because it looks like their time is still coming. But, you know, obviously they want to win there. And, and the Colts, uh, they've been probably the most, uh, how would you say, I don't want to say underappreciated, but undercovered uh, double-digit win team this season. Yes, we have seen less of them, less, less national TV dates, less hype and all that kind of stuff. So, but, but nonetheless, uh, everybody in the AFC playoffs is an 11-win team. So the worst team in the AFC playoffs is 11-5. and five. They're all pretty good. Yeah. Uh, another AFC game, Ravens-Titans, two teams that depend more on the run than the pass if you compare them to other, other teams. They can throw it. They hit them big plays, but they're rushing numbers. You just really – it's been true all year, but you just go back to last weekend and, and the Titans are winning the division because Henry runs for 250 yards. And the Ravens clinched their playoff berth because they ran for 404 yards as a team. So in a, in a quarterback-heavy league, a pass-dependent league, two teams that run the ball well, and the Ravens are 0-2 in the playoffs the last two years, so it's kind of an NBA thing where, all right, that was great, you got there, but now over time you got to progress, you got to get deeper. And the Titans had lightning in a bottle last year. It seemed like they came out of nowhere, and suddenly they were taking teams down, and they were in the AFC Championship game. So... Ravens want a piece of Tennessee again after what happened last year. Uh, there are also reports out there that Houston, Texas star Deshaun Watson was irked by the franchise's hire of former New England Patriots executive Nick Casario because Watson offered input on potential GM candidates, but the Texans neither considered nor consulted with those endorsed by the franchise QB. He found out about the hire of the new GM on social media. He's coming off a great year. The team was terrible. His individual stats were huge. Uh, led the league in... Passing yardage, had a really good touchdown-interception ratio. Okay, not Aaron Rodgers unbelievable. But uh, basically, I think 3-1, to one, one of the better ones in the league. So now they are they going to make nice with him? He is under contract for a while. Is he going to want to trade? Where's that going? So, off so he, wants to be, uh, he wants to be part of management now? He wants to be consulted. Well, what about J.J. Watt? Does he want to be consulted, and I've where not, does that end? I've not who heard wants, from J.J. Watt. That's who wants always, to be consulted? That's Let's always, line up. That's always a dilemma. How much input is a star player asked for or given? DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So Brian Harson, the former Boise State coach, is at Auburn now announcing hires. Derek Mason, uh, former Vanderbilt coach, and Mike Bobo coming in as uh, coordinators. Uh, Bobo on the offensive side, Derek Mason is defensive coordinator. Bobo had agreed to deal with South Carolina on Monday, but, oh, hey, I'm over here at Auburn instead. Never mind. And Tennessee has not extended the contracts of assistant coaches. They've paused the hiring of coaches as they investigate whether recruiting violations have occurred within the program. All of us living outside the SEC footprint assume they have because it's the SEC. Uh, Speaking of Boise State, I'm reading a CBS sports report that Brian Johnson and Graham Harrell are top candidates joining a short list at Boise to replace Harson. I would really love to see Brian Johnson get an opportunity. At only 33, he's been coaching for 25 years, it seems, (laughs) uh, but still only 33 years of age. Obviously, we remember him as a player and as a coach with the Utes. 
but getting him back on our side of the country and getting him in a league and obviously with the non-league deal with BYU, that would be fun. It would be, absolutely. Have a local tie and all that. And with them playing BYU and Utah State every year, it'd be good. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Cleveland Indians trade their four-time All-Star shortstop Francisco Lindor and pitcher Carlos Carrasco to the New York Mets. They got a package of four players from the Mets as compensation. PK, we're seeing some big names change teams here in the offseason. Some teams deciding, hey, we want to take on some payroll and make this club better. And other teams thinking, well, we're not going to have fans for a big chunk of this season, so why don't we save some money? It's time for us to rebuild anyway, maybe, in, in some of their minds. But uh, it seems like it's more activity than normal. Well, Lindor's a big name, and he plays with a lot of flair like your Padres guy does at shortstop. And he's really good, and uh, Carrasco's had some issues, but he's good too, health-wise. And then there's talk about the Mets. They just got new ownership, obviously. And talk about how they're still a leader uh, for Springer, uh, who is reminds me of like a Donovan Mitchell situation. You know, he played ball at UConn. He's from that area. So the Mets could make themselves a contender here pretty quick. What is trending brought to you by... Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, talking NFL playoffs, Cindy Bourne, Washington Post sports reporter, will join us next. Milwaukee Bucks writer for the Milwaukee Sentinel Journal, Jim Ozarski, will be here at 830 to talk about the Bucks and the Jazz tonight. And the radio voice of the Jazz, David Locke, at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone.